On this episode of the Vegan Chub Club podcast, Eden and Joelle are back and we're having a hot girl summer, aka a busy girl summer. We answer your questions, including how do you go vegan if you've been eating meat for over 40 years? What do you do if your friends are speaking badly about fat people around you? Is it okay to keep cosmetics that were tested on animals after you've already decided to transition to be cruelty-free? We answer these questions and so many more on this Q&A episode. Thanks for listening. If you like the Vegan Chub Club and you want to see us grow, leave us a review on iTunes, follow us on Instagram, tip us on PayPal, and buy our new Vegan Chub Club merch on Teespring. Let's get right into the episode. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Vegan Chub Club podcast. My name is Joelle. And my name is Eden. Oh my gosh. Welcome back to the Vegan Chub Club. We are so excited to be recording today. We are so excited to be recording today. We haven't recorded in a very, very long time. Um, And we also just did this intro like three times. So I'm excited that we're actually getting (laughs) one to work. Yay! Third time's a charm, baby. Third time's a charm. Yeah, it's been weeks, maybe even a month or more since Eden and I actually recorded. It probably feels like a long time for you guys because we have switched to every other week now, but it's also been a really long time for us because Eden and I recorded a bunch of episodes, pre-recorded them in June. Um, So we actually haven't even recorded with each other in July. We haven't even really talked to each other in July because both of us have been super, super busy. Um, Eden, you want to update update our chubby fam with your life what's going on what's 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 good if you follow me on youtube you guys know i'm no longer vegan (gasps) no i'm kidding (laughs) what i know breaking news um so a lot of people thought i was no longer vegan because i put um that i was following a new diet in my title um which i am following a new diet i am now soy free again in gluten light as I'd like to say. Um, And I moved, and my dog apparently just snap, crackle, popped her back. So she had a morphine drip last night. Who even knew dogs could get morphine? Poor Nicole. Like, she had... (laughs) She was so out of it. I swear she probably thought I had five heads because she was just, like, looking into space. It was so crazy. But she's on the mend right now, and I started a new job. Um, I'm going to be teaching yoga here locally in Austin soon. So if you live in Austin and you want to do yoga at a body positive studio, let me know. Um, there's some a new studio opening in Austin, and that's super cool. But yeah, I think Joel and I both recently got kind of promoted, and we've been super busy, and that's just been my life lately. Yeah incredible no, that's busy. good How about that, you that's all Joel. good things you know um yeah I think I'm even like <laughs> I'm such a dork I actually pulled out my planner so I could remember what I even did in July what I have on here is that um I forgot that I went to gentle barn but I don't remember if I talked about that or not I don't think I did but I don't think you did either. Yeah, but I mean, I'll keep my little recap short just in case. But I went to Gentle Barn. It was my second time going there. Um, And I 
I had a really good time. I was there to like take pictures and get video um, of different animals. And if you don't know what Gentle Barn is, it is a sanctuary for uh, animals, mostly farm animals. Um, but they have, you know, they have like horses. I guess horses are farm animals. I don't know. They have cows. They have chickens. They have turkeys. They have sheep. They have goats. They have a donkey. Um, yeah, they have all sorts of animals. They have pigs little piggies and it was just a really cool experience because I know I'm like such a vegan and like such an animal rights person and I like live and breathe that you know but when you go and you actually are reminded that these animals like seeing them and meeting them you're like whoa this is who I work for this is why I make the choices I make every time I sit down and eat a meal. This is why I make the choices I make when I go shopping and I don't buy fur or leather or wool, you know? Um, it was just a really cool experience. And I saw my friend, um, this goat <laughs> who I had met last time I was there three years ago. And I literally saw them and we looked at each other and they walked over to me and I was like, dude, yes. And I think goats like actually can recognize people and they remember faces. So I was like, oh my God, like, hey, so that was really cool. Um, so yeah, I went to Gentle Barn. Um, some other highlights of my month. I went to Comic-Con, which is really cool. San Diego Comic-Con. Um, the same thing that happened to me. Well, I think I already talked about this, but I basically got tickets last minute, which is really cool. Um, and my boyfriend and I dressed up as Stranger Things characters. I was Elle because her costumes are really cool in the third season. So I was one of her really cool 80s looks. And then um, my boyfriend was Dustin because, well, he cut his hair now, but he has like crazy curly hair. And I was like, you have to be Dustin. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, I went to a baseball game over the weekend. Yeah, I've just been really busy. There's been a lot of like you know, a lot of fun stuff, like I mentioned, but also a lot of like family stuff and like work stuff and just like, uh, lots of stuff going on. So I feel like I'm kind of going at like a million miles a minute <laughs> and it's like kind of nice to actually just be sitting here recording. So thanks y'all for your patience with us and, you know, sticking around. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we have a qual. A Q&A episode for y'all. Yes, we're doing a Q&A because it's been a while since we've done a Q&A and we know you got questions. So first question from y'all is, what do you normally do if a group of friends are speaking fat phobically around you? So talking shit. Well, first of all, punch them in the face. Second of all, Joelle's a Texan because she said y'all. <laughs> y'all. I feel like I've been saying y'all more. I, I think that's my friend Bridget. She's from um, uh, Myrtle Beach. I don't know if that's a Myrtle Beach accent, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, so answering the question, our friend over from the Bearded Vegans, Andy, he had posted something recently on his story and I screenshotted it and it kind of goes perfectly with this question. Oh. And it's a meme that says, damn, I want to look like a snack this summer, but I keep eating them. And then he wrote under it, seen a few friends post this, so I want to gently remind y'all that this is fat phobic. These two things are not mutually exclusive. And you definitely let the fat folks in your life know what you think about their looks when you post this kind of stuff. Yeah. 
that kind of sums up yeah my yeah opinion. that's true I think it's good to do like reminders like that and I think that's um that's like a helpful thing too for people who might uh, I don't know be seeing more of these comments online than like in person because like it's hard to like like for me it depends it depends um and I like feel weird saying that but like like sometimes it's like I feel out the situation if somebody says something and I'm like close to them I'm just like hey that was actually like kind of fat phobic like um I don't even remember what it was about, but I remember one of my friends recently said something and they normally don't say they're normally like super progressive and like really supportive and stuff. And I was like, Hey, I was like, I was like, that was like kind of fat phobic. And then they were like, Oh my God, you're right. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, and then we kind of moved on the conversation and then they stopped me later and they're like, thanks for calling me out. Cause I like appreciate I appreciate when people call me out, but then there's other situations where I'm like, I wish that I spoke up, but I didn't. Um, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying to think, like, I feel like sometimes it, like there are conversations when you feel like awkward to speak up because like you're the only person not joining in on it, but that's probably the time that you should be speaking up because I think a lot of the times people don't realize the weight of their words or they do and they just don't care and they think they're going to get away with it and calling them out is a lesson, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I, like, personally, I don't use the word fatphobic that much in my actual life. Um, If someone says something like, oh, blah, 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 and I feel so fat, or this, um, I don't know, you guys know the examples. I'll just be like, well, you're not fat, or I'm actually fat, or you're fat. You may feel fat, but you don't have any of the consequences of being mm-hmm. fat, you know, like the stigma and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But like recently a coworker went to lunch and he came back and he popped his head in the office and he's like, all right, we're, we got back from lunch. We're nice and fat now. I'm ready. Like, cause we're doing some training mm-hmm. stuff. And I didn't say anything just because it wasn't an appropriate place. I don't think. That's what I'm saying. It's, it depends, huh? It really depends where the person's coming from, like what their intention is. A lot of the time you can tell someone's intent. Um, And like, I'm the first one to say like, I hate the over-policing of everything. Sometimes things are just funny and we should just laugh and not make everything so serious all of the time. Um, So like Joel said, I think it's a case by case kind of thing. Or it depends, as Joelle would say, but I keep thinking of the old lady pants. <laughs> um, yeah, like, actually, I just remembered another quick thing before we move on to the next question. Um, I went to a vegan um, event last week. So I was standing in line to get waffle, which is like vegan waffles. Um And this beautiful curvy woman was standing next to me. We're both kind of deciding what we want. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know which one to choose. And she said something like, no matter which one I choose, it's going to make me fat. Well, fatter. And I normally, I don't know. I don't really know how I normally react to those things. I think I normally just let it like slide. But for some reason, I decided to say something. And I was like, I was like, hey, that's okay. I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. 
And then she kind of like laughed and I was like, I was like, I'm serious. I, I was like, I'm all plugging myself. I was like, I actually have a podcast called the vegan chub club. And it's just about like embracing your body and being a vegan and blah, 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 whatever. And she was like, Oh my God, really? And then we got to talking and we were talking a lot and now we're like friends and I followed her from the chub club. So, um, hi, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you're actually going to listen, but I think it's, yeah, it's just a case by case thing. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you want to go? Um, let me see what our next question is. Advice for someone transitioning to a vegan lifestyle. I think transitioning to the lifestyle is challenging. Undoing forty plus years of misguided living. Mm. So we've talked a little bit about this before. Um, I hope you don't mind if I just jump in and. Joel and I are big advocates of do what you're doing now, but mm-hmm. vegan. Um, becoming vegan is a big enough of a lifestyle change that you don't need to add the additional <laughs> like complication of trying to change everything, like going from eating a standard American diet to eating a super healthy, like clean I'm doing quote air quotes clean diet as people would say so like right now if you eat a bunch of salads and then you have a taco Tuesday and um you go out to eat on Fridays still do that but just make vegan tacos make salads that are vegan you know replace the meat or whatever protein you would use with a vegan source of protein and go out to eat on Friday but try a new uh vegan restaurant each time so I think that that is the best way to transition. And I tread lightly with the word um, misguided for your past lifestyle. Um, There's just so much information out there. Like one day one thing's healthy, the next day it's unhealthy. Like there's just so much information out there. You just have to choose what's right for you in this moment instead of thinking about um, you know, your previous life is misguided because, as we know, 80% of um, vegans detransition. Because then, in that case, you'd be like, oh, well, vegan wasn't healthy. You know, there's just so much information out there. I think you shouldn't get so caught up in what's right and what's wrong. You should be more focused on what feels good for you versus, like, I feel like I it weirds me out when people go so much into like researching their Mm -hmm. food and like there has to be proof for like every single thing that you eat that this is good and that is good it's just like if you feel good do that yeah (laughs) like not everything your body isn't like this crazy science experiment that you have to like learn all this stuff and do all this research just like eat foods that make you feel good and that should be all (laughs) yeah totally I I mean I agree with everything you said I don't think I can really contribute much more value like just do what you do now and then also like like if you find vegan recipes online that look tasty like if you want to make like a vegan egg McMuffin like do it don't be like oh now I need to be a salad eater or whatever you know like just eat eat the unhealthy stuff if that's what you want and then figure the rest out later you know do whatever you want so yeah and like I've said a million times like which might just be contradictory because I was like, don't consider what you did before as misguided information. Don't consider vegan the right information. Just do what's right for you. Because, like, there's so much research to contradict every single thing that you'll read. Like, there's no way to know anything. But, um, 
like Joel just said, eat the unhealthy foods. Like, I don't even consider them unhealthy. They're just food. And, you know, to me, I feel like even if I eat vegan junk food, it's better than eating the standard American diet counterpart mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, and also just like a weird side note, I've been really into, uh, crock pot recipes lately. There are so many good, like vegan dump recipes, um, where you just dump everything in the crock pot and you come home and it's like a delicious thing. So Pinterest (laughs) is legit. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm like, I'm like not a preparer. (laughs) If you guys would guess that about me. And I know that sounds so easy. Just wake up and do it or do it the night before. But like to me, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I just. I know, but the crock pot's so easy because you don't have to prepare. You just like, oh, throw all this stuff in here and then you come home and it's done. And then you can eat it for like four yeah. days. I think I'm also really it's picky. Really I don't know. I have problems. I, ha- I have food problems. I'm like a crock pot mom now. I love it. I made this crock pot pizza bake. Ooh. It was so I want that. It's biscuits, pizza sauce, vegan cheese if you want. I didn't use vegan cheese. I used, like, uh, shredded Brazil nuts and nuge Mm. instead. And then, like, any pizza toppings you would like. So I used the Beyond Sausage (coughs) and the spicy Italian one and then peppers and onions. And you just dump it all in and you put a towel over it and then put on the lid and the towel helps suck out the moisture. So then it's, like this pizza delicious thing. I want pizza now it's it's so good I, ha- I haven't eaten dinner yet and that sounds delicious <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> I haven't eaten dinner either and I'm dude I'll be hungry soon. pizza is so good like I don't eat it often enough and I just made a side salad with it so I had some of the pizza bake with a salad and it was just so yummy and satisfying and mm-hmm. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, and on this note of, like, transitioning to vegan, like, people will say, like, I can't eat pizza anymore. I wouldn't be vegan if I couldn't eat pizza anymore, okay? <laughs> pizza is too good <laughs> to give up. You can eat anything. There's freaking vegan lobster, for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay, I'll go on to the next question. What do you do? If people keep picking on you for being vegan. So. I was like trying to go along with you, but I was like, oh, this is not going to work. We're both improvising. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys, this is a wacky cast. Hope you realize that we're, we're, there's a lot going on with us today. So. What do you do if they're picking on you? Yeah, they're picking on you. Okay, we've talked about this before. People being little rude biatches about being vegan. Um, I mean, yeah, I I feel like there's a couple scenarios. You could have a scenario where you have, like, an Uncle Greg or something, you know, one guy or person in your life who's always freaking bothering you about it. I, those people really, really bother me, as you guys know from previous podcasts. Um, those people really bother me. And with those kind of people who, like, are constantly um, poking at you and trying to get a reaction out of you, I just ignore those people. I'm just like, like, honestly, whatever just rolls off my, like, bounces off my face, doesn't even hit me. You know what I mean? I'm just like, whatever. You can be insecure and be mad at me for my choices, but, like, I don't have to let it bother me. Um, and then I guess there's like times where 
you're getting ganged up on or something and people are picking on you. That's really annoying too. I mean, I don't know. I would just like decide what's best for the situation and, um, you stand with your beliefs like you made this decision to go vegan for a reason and if you have a strong reason then uh you don't have to let haters bother you because that's your decision and what they have to say doesn't matter the end (laughs) the end our next question is how did you transition to cruelty-free cleaning and cosmetics products so i want to add on like clothing and things like that Mm -hmm. they didn't ask that but um so i just did it (laughs) it was about like six months after i went vegan i just heard about all animal cruelty and things like that and i actually i've been on youtube for 10 years so back then What I did was I sanitized all of the makeup that I had, and I had a lot because I was a beauty guru back then. So I decluttered probably four or five drawers, and I separated into three giveaway packages and let my subscribers know, hey, if you want some gently used stuff and you've been wanting to try these brands, um, and I did a little giveaway because I didn't want to use it anymore. And I've only bought cruelty-free since then. Um, the only exception is, huh, I have, before Dove was cruelty-free, I bought regular deodorant, um, after I had been through about 20 vegan deodorants and my armpits were all broken out, (laughs) and I'm trying to think if there's anything else in my life that isn't cruelty-free, like my laundry detergent, my household cleaners, all of that stuff, it's more the eco options, um, you know, no leather, purses I do all vegan leather purses and things like that um I was never really a huge designer whore anyway um I did used to like some expensive purses but for me the switch has been easy and there still are like really nice designer vegan bags that you can buy so um if I wanted to do that it's still available to me but for me the cruelty on animals almost like for testing almost hit harder to me than animal agriculture and I don't really know why they're both you know terrible but for some reason I guess it's because you're raised eating meat and although we know it's unnecessary now it's easier to understand when you've been eating meat your whole life you're like okay I thought eating meat was okay too but for me testing on animals just felt so unnecessary Mm -hmm. like that's not something that we're raised up on we're raised up eating meat but we're not raised up thinking it's okay to torture cats and torture different kind of animals and even mice and um so that was yeah it was really tough for me once I saw that stuff so yeah I got rid of all of that pretty early on I know some people it takes them years to transition out and I think you should take your time you should use up the things that you have because otherwise that animal has suffered in vain if you're just throwing it away because you feel guilty I do think you should work your way through things and wear things out um before you know buying vegan alternatives but we'll see what Miss Joelle thinks yeah I think what you were saying about um cruelty-free 
impacting you more is really interesting. And I wonder too, um, it just came into my mind, like the suffering is just like the suffering all around any kind of like animal abuse is horrible, but like the suffering of like just being repeatedly used over and over again and having like people drip chemicals into your eyes and like opening up your body and sticking weird things in it and putting like electrodes into your brain and just like you're just stuck in a cage like I don't know that's just like and it's so unnecessary like you said so um yeah I agree with you on that stuff and um for me like when I went vegan I didn't immediately go all the way cruelty free I like lightly tried I didn't like put all in and not to pull this car because it was probably a lot, well, I know it was a lot harder like 30 or 40 years ago, but 10 years ago, it, it the Dove wasn't cruelty-free. Like, like nothing, like it felt like nothing was cruelty-free. It really, it's, we've come such a long way, even in the past like three years, the past year even, we've come a really long way with household items and cosmetics, um, all doing this trend of going cruelty free. So it was, it was a lot harder back then. So I feel like that just gave me an excuse to be lazy. Um, but I always used cruelty free chapstick cause that's the item I probably use the most in my life is chapstick. So I've been a long time crazy rumors, um, customer and they know me because I order like 30 chapsticks a month cause I go through a lot. But anyways, um, <laughs> like I agree that it should be, you shouldn't throw your things out. Um, most people I know, didn't just throw everything out uh and you should just when you need to buy something new buy it cruelty free and it's so it's so easy now like there's so many different cruelty free sunscreens there's so many different cruelty free detergents and cruelty free makeup like so many makeup companies are cruelty free it's like probably harder to find ones that aren't uh, like in a way um and uh the other anecdote I was gonna say is that like I'm mostly cruelty free and the reasons why sometimes I'm not are like random impulse things like for example I went to a baseball game and I left my cruelty free sunscreen at home and I was really upset about it and when I got to the game I was like I'm gonna get totally sunburned and I had to buy I don't even know if it was cruelty free or not probably not I had to buy like a tiny little thing that they had at like the stand at the stadium um so those are choices that like yeah it sucked that I had to buy that but I was going to burn to death, you know? And I think those are choices that are totally acceptable and we shouldn't be like really hard on ourselves for making those choices. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're making the transition from cruelty free, don't throw everything away. Just keep using it and buy things cruelty free when you have to buy new stuff and don't beat yourself up because you're doing the best you can. Heard. Um, this is totally off topic, but I wanted to talk about it because it's such a weird thing. So, you know how I've just been thinking about it because we were talking about cruelty-free and animal testing and how animal testing sucks mm-hmm. and dogs living in cages and that really being, like, their only use is, you know... Did I say dogs or animals? You said dogs, but dogs are tested on, so... Yeah, that's true. Um, But animals, monkeys, rats, everything living in cages just to be tested on. It got me thinking about, you know, uh, Jenna Marbles. They just um, adopted a greyhound bunny. And greyhounds are universal blood dogs. So Bunny had never been a pet. She was only a donor dog. Um, Her only use was to give blood. And luckily she was adopted because not all greyhounds that are donor dogs get adopted out. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they just live their life like that and then 
they're euthanized and that's just what it is so that just I don't know it hurts my heart knowing that that happens but then also if Nicole needed a blood transfusion or something yeah I don't know it's if I'd want another animal to suffer for Nicole but then at the same time I'd want to do whatever I could to save my dog yeah and it's like so selfish so Um, I have seen horrible horrible investigations from places like this Um, one of the main ones is hemopet and they're such a fucking sham because the way they talk about themselves is they're like a sanctuary and they're and like dogs literally freaking like rot and die with like from neglect and they're just sitting there like it's it's so messed up and it makes me so sad um I don't think I have the answer uh like a solution because you're totally like I thought about this too like yeah well you know what if my dog needs blood I think that there could be maybe a system where people volunteer their dogs like just like how we have blood drives like you know Mm -hmm. um something like that I think would maybe be a better solution because the suffering in these places like these places act like like as with anything that abuses animals they act like they're like these clean places or sanctuaries or like whatever and you actually see what's inside and it's like filthy um you know a lot of these animals like they just sit in tiny cages for the entire day and then they have to give blood like for hours on end. It's just, oh God, it's so horrible. So it's like a really valid, um, I guess, question or like situation to propose because it's like, yeah, like that's what, you know, what do we do yeah, about that? And I just, it was random, but I didn't want to leave it in my brain because I yeah. think the point of this podcast is not only just like to talk about veganism and body positivity and how that relates it's also to like bring new issues up within veganism that we may not think about Mm -hmm. on a regular basis like if your blood if your dog goes into surgery they automatically have blood there because just in in you know the event that something happens during your dog's routine surgery they have blood available Mm -hmm. where does that blood come from the way i understand it like greyhounds are like the O blood of the dog world and not every dog's blood is compatible with other dogs just like someone that has b positive blood can't take someone's blood that has a negative blood it has to be either a blood match or O blood which is universal so it's just it's all just i don't know my heart it can't take it yeah because it's so stressful it's kind of goes back to what i was saying in one of the last podcasts of like the individual animal because like who who am i to say that that dog who's living a miserable life has a is more value her life is not more valuable than gertie's life you know like they're both dogs they're both like in another world that could be gertie in there you know god forbid like (laughs) but um that's why it's so so difficult um i just have to hope that i would never need my dog to be in a situation like that because these places are horrible like they're just they're just awful um and maybe there could be I don't know I should do more research and um like Eden said this just came into her brain but uh I know there are people working on alternatives and working on stuff like this um 
like better solutions like I, I don't know like a doggy blood drive <laughs> but, well guys yeah. sorry to bring it down sorry to be the bearer of bad news I know I the dog <laughs> stuff the dog stuff always brings it down doesn't it oh yeah and then another thing too like these blood uh these these greyhounds a lot of times they're just discarded from the racing industry like they spend the first couple years of their lives like being forced to race and like being totally abused for greyhound racing and then they're like oh you aren't really a good like runner anymore so we're just gonna like stick you in a cage and have people poke at you for the rest of your life and like you're gonna be like anemic you know it's just like that's just like actual misery it's so sad anyways (laughs) well welcome to the vegan sad club It is so sad, like, but it is, like, um, I'm surprised no one asked, and I guess most of the people listening are past this hump. You know, the first couple of years of being vegan when you're just kind of sad? Yeah. Because everything's just so depressing Mm -hmm. about, like, animal cruelty and, you know, all around, not just, you know, when it comes to cosmetics and things, but, you know, the animal agriculture and factory farming and all of that kind of stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. everything's just such a bummer, and you're just one person, so you're just, like, trying to do as much as you can, but then, like, (laughs) inevitably inevitably get a little bit, like, angry and just, like... That's why there's, I think, the stereotype of, like, the angry vegan. Like, a lot of that comes from new vegans. Like, I'm an angry vegan a lot of the time, but I was definitely an angry vegan my first couple years. Because you just, like, when you learn about this cruelty, how can you not be angry? You know? How can you not be upset? And then upset with yourself that, like, you contributed to it. Or you still do because you you can't not in some cases, you know? So, it's hard. Um, Colleen Patrick Goudreau has a podcast, I think it's called The Ten Stages of Veganism or something like that, Hmm. and she talks about all the stages that you kind of, like, go through and if you're, and how to deal if you're, like, stuck in one. Mm -hmm. Um, They're pretty old now because she's been doing her podcast for over 10 years. That was one of the only vegan resources I had when I first went vegan. Yeah. And, um... I think they really stand the test of time. So Mm -hmm. if you're listening and struggling with that, you should definitely go over, I think it's joyfulvegan.com and you can go way back in her podcast and like listen to that stuff. Yeah. I remember that too. Like listening to her stuff way back in the day and her recipes are so good. Like I got someone gifted me the vegan table when I first went vegan and some of her recipes are like staples that I just continue to use all the time and like even my non-vegan friend anytime I'm at a party at her house she always makes the bruschetta from Colleen's book it's just the best bruschetta the vegan table the joy of vegan baking is really good too if you Mm. want easy baking like so many of these vegan recipes now are so complex yeah but she really makes them simple Mm -hmm. and I think it's because you know she's been vegan over 20 years there just weren't as many products available then so mm-hmm. it had to be simple yeah you know? totally but it's all so good oh, we love her so, a queen 
I love her. Vegan she queen. is a queen. I feel like you bring her up so often on the podcast. She needs to be like an honorary, like, <laughs> like I don't know, like <laughs> we need to have like a picture of her with like angel wings, like looking over. She's like the angel of the podcast. And I remember <laughs> I was probably only like a year or maybe two years into being vegan, and she was the first person I ever heard talk about like plus size people being vegan because someone had written in mm-hmm. feeling discouraged, feeling like they were like not a good representation and she was so like gentle about it and like she talked about health and weight separately for the most part yeah talked about like if you want to get healthy how to get healthy but also you know living your own life and being vegan is representation enough and she kind of like slap the hands of people (laughs) that would tell you that you're not yeah and this was way before even body positive body positivity exploded online so Mm -hmm. it just speaks a lot to her as a person yeah that that's you know just who she is without any kind of you know pressure to speak that way yeah she's very elegant she's like this very kind caring welcoming like mom almost like that's how I feel that's like her energy like to me she's just like yeah just very accepting and all those things so that's great yeah yeah well speaking of delicious food from Colleen Patrick Gaudreau it's dinner time biatch and (laughs) ding 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 do you know what that is what the dinner bells Ooh, dinner bells all right (laughs) All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Vegan Chub Club podcast. Eden and I are going to go eat some delicious food and uh, take care of our chihuahuas. One of them needs more love than the other right now. I know. Nicole's a little bit gimpy, but we love her. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget that we have a Teespring shop. If you'd like Vegan Chub Club merch, we also have a PayPal. If you'd like to throw a little tip in our jar, we always appreciate that. And we will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye.